was what I'm saying is that we cannot earn God's grace or make it flow apart from his free gift. Amen? In other words, God's grace is God's grace. His gift is his gift. There's nothing you and I can do or don't do that can change the flow of the grace of God. Do you get that? However, there are things that we can do. In other words, we can ready ourselves or position ourselves to continue receiving this grace as God continues to give. Amen? We, we can and should position ourselves to continue to receive this grace as long as God keeps giving us this grace. Amen? Amen. And so today I'm going to call some things that I term spiritual discipline as the means of grace. If I say spiritual, if I say disciplines of grace, then that will sound like an oxymoron because it seems as if the two can walk together. So rather than use disciplines of grace, I'll use the means of grace. Amen? Amen. And so I'm going to give some definition of what I mean by the means of grace with a focus on prayer. And as I wrap up this afternoon, my main focus will be on corporate prayer, the benefits of corporate prayer, the advantages to you as a believer, and why you should take advantage of that every day and every time a corporate prayer is called, going forward, and I hope that makes a world of difference in your life. You know, the grace of God came and shattered everything, broke every mold, redefined our lives, Gave us a position that you and I could never have earned. Gave us a place that you and I could never have dreamed of. Allowed us to become recipients of some things that we could never, never have worked for. That's what the grace of God did. And the truth is, when it comes to discipline, it's still of the grace of God. There is no way you can have this means of grace without understanding that is a supply of God. The means of grace, as we'll put it, and as I'll continue to define it, are the channels through which we receive these blessings and the grace of God. Case in point, how many of you have a faucet in the house? I want to believe everybody has a faucet, or there will be some trouble in the house. When you turn on your faucet, the water flows. Your faucet happens to be a means to bring the water, but the faucet itself is not the water. It's just a means to bring the water in. There's a main pipe that is connected to the source of water right in front of your house. And so every time you turn on the faucet, you expect the water to flow. So is the means of grace. It is not the source. However, they are the channels through which the source flows. What I'm trying to establish here is I don't want us to discount the place of works when it comes to grace. Because the faucet serves a purpose. Yes, ma'am. Many times what we have done is remove the place of faucet and we want to go directly to the main source. Yes. 
And so everything just flows. We become wet. We don't know what to do with it. But where there is a faucet, there's a channel to which it flows. And you're the one that determines how much it flows. So I have a faucet in my house. I kind of regulate it. If I want it not to splash, I turn it a little. I get the flow of water that I desire. And if I want it to flow very well, I turn it on. So I want you to understand that the means of grace are like this, as I lay them one after the other. The means of grace. You can call it the disciplines of grace. However, the work is necessary. Amen. Let me give you a few scriptures to establish that, then we dive into this aspect of prayer. Would you please open with me to Zechariah chapter 12, and I'm going to read verse 10, the A part of it. You see, because the means of grace, they are your regular everyday stuff. Are you, are you following? Are you getting what I'm saying? They are the basic Christianity. They are the unimpressive, mundane things, yet they are spectacularly potent by the Spirit of God. Yes. Let me repeat it. They are the everyday stuff. They are the unimpressive, mundane things. However, they are spectacularly potent by the Spirit of God. Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. These means of grace are the coordinates through which we receive the grace of God. It says, and I will pour on the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Can you give that to me in NLT? I kind of like that version. NLT. Thank you. Then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the family of David and on the people of Jerusalem. So if you look at this scripture, it is easy to conclude that it is God that gives us the ability to do what? Please repeat after me. God that gives us the ability to do what? There we go. In other words, immediately this scripture has removed the grounds of boasting. So I can't say because I prayed for 10 hours, God answered my prayer. No, no, no. You just connected to grace. I can't say because I made a certain confession, God answered my prayer. No, 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 no. You just connected to grace. I want to make sure I establish this because if you understand this, it will change your perspective of prayer. It will change your vocabulary in prayer. It will then incite within you a desire to be grounded in this truth. And so Zechariah says, I'll pour out the spirit of grace and of prayer. Open with me to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. It is through this understanding that we lean on God because we understand that he is the God of all grace. 
It says, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, he said, train yourself to be godly. My question, what does training entail? Discipline. Discipline. In other words, training entails some aspect of your willingness to do something. In other words, you have to be intentional is what the scripture is saying. In fact, to make it, to boost boost for that, go with me to Philippians chapter 2. This is a verse that we all love. We love verse 13, but I'm going to start from verse verse 12. He said, we say in verse 13, it is God that walks in me both to do what? To will and to do of his what? Good pleasure. However, Paul did not start that way. He started from verse 12. He said, dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important. Give me that in NKJV. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Hear what it says. Walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. But he then balanced it out in verse 13 by saying, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Because prayer is the good pleasure of God. So Paul is saying here, I want you to work out your salvation. I want you to train yourself. But I want you to understand that while you're doing it, the supply of the strength to do it is of God and not of you. Paul said that to Timothy. He also said it again when he, if you open with me to Romans chapter 15 verse 18. Romans 15 verse 18. NKJV. It says, for those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by smooth words, no, 15, 15, verse, Romans 15, verse 18. It says, for I will dare to speak of any of those things, I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me, in word and in deed to make the Gentiles obey. In other words, what Paul is saying here is, my boasting, give it to me in NIV. Maybe that would explain it better, NIV. He says, I would not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. So here's what Paul is saying. Everything I've accomplished, my boasting is that the supply of it all is from God. Amen. Amen? So, I'm still trying to establish a groundwork of why we need to understand that when we pray, it has nothing to do with our wherewithal. We are connected to a source. And the source supplies all that we need. Amen? And so now let's dive into prayer as it regards Wokfan's core 
value. So I asked myself this question, what is the outcome that we're looking for in regards to this core value? Because my understanding is that the outcome of a thing, a thing de determines your decisions and the actions that you take. In other words, what we're looking for, what would WorkFan look like if these core values are in place in the life of every member? What would WorkFan look like? Or better still, what will my family look like if I take on these core values as a core value in my family? Amen? Amen. Okay. So, we're going to begin with the how, the what, the when, and the where of prayer. Let me simply share with you that the channels of grace or the means of grace, as I've, as I've explained earlier, are three things to me. One is the word of God. Two, it's prayer. And number three is sharing and fellowship, which ties exactly with what the work fund core value is all about. Amen? These are the means of grace. It takes the grace of God to get a revelation from the word of God. It takes the grace of God to pray. It takes the grace of God to stay in fellowship. All of that I'm going to show you from the scriptures. But let's first define what is the how, the what, the when, and the where of prayer. The how is Jesus in prayer. He said, hitherto have you not asked anything in my name? He said, they ask anything therefore in my name? He said, and I will do it. So we understand that the how, the manner of prayer is all about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Then it says, what is prayer? I, I think I gave a definition a few, a few weeks back. That prayer simply is simply put as a conversation with God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? Then when do you pray? You pray at all times. Amen? Amen. Whenever there is a prompting. And like Pastor Shino said, I'm not saying you should go to work and pray and neglect your work. I'm just saying that there are three aspects of prayer you need to understand. There's a prayer when you have a personal time of prayer and God gives you revelation and you carry that revelation with you. The other part of prayer that you carry with you every day is that you carry that word of God that is deposited in you during the time of prayer with you every day. You're mulling over it. You're, 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 you're meditating on it day and night. You're going through it all through the day. You're carrying it with you. That's what Jesus meant when he said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Amen? Amen. And then there is the wear of prayer. This is where I'm going to camp this afternoon and we're going to take off from here. So the wear of prayer. First, there's a personal prayer time. I want to believe everybody in this house prays in the morning. Yes. I want to believe that you just don't jump out of the house without praying. Yes. Let, me, let me just simply put it this way. A Christian that does that is a careless Christian. A person that doesn't take time out in the morning to commune with the Father you just happen to be a careless Christian. Because what's going to happen is, if anything comes at you during the day, there is not enough strength within you to give what is going to be required. Are you getting me? I, I, I want to break this down in such a way we can get it. I don't want to be, I don't want to do a hype this afternoon, if you get me. I just want to 
let's get down to what prayer is as a body. Amen? Amen. I want to believe that if I know that I'm going to leave the house at 5 a.m., rather than go to bed at 1 a.m., I can go to bed at 10 p.m. and give enough time to be able to commune with God. Because you understand that you are a faucet that needs to be connected to the source. If you're not doing that, we're going to pray for you today because there's a supply of the Spirit of Jesus. So there is a personal prayer time. It is that personal prayer time that carries you through the day. If it's not important, Jesus will not do it every morning. If it's not important, Paul will not tell you in Colossians chapter 1 verse 3, pray constantly. He will also tell you in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 that you should pray persistently. In other words, you need to take a pause. That the reason why we are failing many times is because we are not connecting the way we ought. Not because there's no supply. But we are not just connecting the way we ought to. And I'm saying time out for us to depend on grace without understanding there is work to grace. So your personal prayer time carries you through the day. And then, one of the most important and the most potent of it all is the corporate prayer. Now, to begin that, please go with me to Acts chapter 1. We're going to stay on the book of Acts for a minute here. Acts chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 4 and verse 12 to 14. And I'm going to read from the NIV this time. NIV, all through now, NIV. Thank you. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Now understand, when Jesus said this, did he give the instructions to them to do any other thing? The only instruction was wait. Really? Okay. So all the disciples had to do, if I were the one, I would just sit down on a chair and just wait. Jesus said, wait. And I'm going to just wait. But having communed with Jesus over time, they understood his language. They understand when he says wait what it means. Because they've seen him do it. Verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. Verse 13. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those, were, those that were present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, the Zealot, Judas, the son of James, verse 14. They all joined together constantly in prayer. So... From the scriptures, this is where corporate prayer started from. They joined constantly in what? Prayer. 
in prayer. So you go to chapter 2. I'm not really going to go to the first part. It was while in this time of prayer, the Holy Spirit descended upon them. Imagine if they were not praying. They all just sat down there and they were just doing what they wanted. Peter has gone a fishing. Who knows where the others would have gone? We're still waiting. There would have been the arrival of the Holy Spirit, but not preparedness to receive it. Corporate prayer prepares you as a believer. So now go with me to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So I'm just going to group this into three. They devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, which is the word of God, to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread. That's almost the same thing. Okay? And then to prayer. In other words, the infant church had a constancy. There was something about the infant church that, that, that came out from reading the scriptures. Prayer was normative for them. It was what they breathed. It was while in prayer they received the Holy Spirit. After receiving the Holy Spirit, they did not neglect the time of praying. They continued together again. So the scripture now tells you, this is what the church devoted themselves to. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, I'm going to begin there from, hold a minute please. Acts 4. You know the backdrop of the story? Yeah, Peter and them, they, were, they, they, they didn't listen to what the elders, were, the leaders of, um, of the Jews were saying at that time. So they called them in, beat them up, did everything that they would to them, warned them, never, never again should we hear you speak about this name of Jesus. But there's something that is so refreshing about Acts chapter 4. And that's going to be from verse 23. The Bible says, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people. In other words, another scriptures, another translation said they went back to their own company. In other words, for them, it wasn't just enough that they beat them and they went to their different homes. Mm. What they were looking for was beyond that. They were looking for strength. They were looking for reassurance. And they were looking for community. The one thing prayer will constantly give you 
is one, you're going to be refreshed. Two, you're going to have a community. Three, you're going to be reassured. The first thing they do, that's why I said this was normative for them. Fellowship, prayer, the word. Fellowship, prayer, the word. The one thing the church does not have to give the world anymore is the potency of the power of Jesus that resides within the church. Because we have not learned to cash in on what we call the corporate gathering. Many think the corporate gathering is just meant for a few. Just do what you guys have to do. There's, there's a time I'm going to be a part of you. There's a time I'm not going to be a part of you. And what you have done is you have deprived me of the strength that I, I need. We have deprived each other of the strength that we need. Because after prosecuting them, rather than go home to whine, they looked for their companion. They looked for their community. They came in the midst of their community. Let's die further. He said, and reported all that the chief priest and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, the next thing the church did was they raised their voices together in prayer. Amen. Do you have a community you run to when you're in trouble? Do you have a community you can lean on? When I get in trouble, the first thing that community to do is let us pray. Do you have a company? The good thing about it is within this house, we've created a companionship forum. You can find company within this house. Let's read further. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. When you spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David, why do the nations rage? Why do the people's, the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. The difference between the corporate gathering in, in the book of Acts and that which you see in Psalms, in Psalms is more personal, is more personal prayer. It's more an inward thing. Lord, deliver me. Lord, set me free. Lord, don't you see them that pursue me? But in the book of Acts, you see it more outward. Their prayer was not, God, deliver us from the hands of these people. Their prayer was, Lord, grant us boldness. Because what happens when you come within the gathering of the believer is that rather than your own prayer point that focuses just on self, it becomes more of an outward prayer. What am I saying to you? 
is that as you come together, as we come together as a believer, as believers, understanding the core values of the church, what I'm saying to you is at the end of the day, not only is your prayer answered, you are able to focus outward. Please follow me. Now they said to him, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Immediately the prayer they answered, they prayed, they prayed, was answered. It is the power of corporate prayer. In fact, before I go further, can you give me in message translation, Matthew chapter 18, I believe verse 19. I think it is. Matthew chapter 18 verse 19. In the message version, please. Okay, hear what it says. When two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. So my question, why do we deprive ourselves of this? If God goes into action when two of you agree. Now I understand where, why David would say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's continue. Verse 32. It says, and all believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their, was their own, but they shared everything that they, ha they had. Amen? Amen? Now, let's begin. In regards to corporate prayer, what do you expect when we gather together to pray? By the way, we meet here every Sunday at 10 a.m. If every one of us that is seated in this room would come in at 10 a.m. to pray, we would have taken Lawrenceville by now. Listen, Amen. let's come to the nitty-gritty. Let's just, let's just face facts. The scripture is looking at us here in the face. That's what the scripture is saying to you. So what do we expect when we gather to pray together? What should be the normative of the Grace Fields Church? Number one, look at verse 33. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. Number one, what does a grace-filled church look like? It will experience God's grace powerfully at work in our midst. What does a grace-filled church look like? One that continues in the core value of this church. Number one in the core value is prayer. What would it be like if we all gather together to pray? We will experience the grace of God powerfully in our midst. Number two, 
the Holy Spirit gets involved. Number three. And that's again in verse 32. All believers were in one heart and mind, and no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. There will be unity. Let me come here for a minute. The reason why many times we have complaints and complaints and complaints and complaints is because we are not giving ourselves to prayer. Listen. If you don't pray, you will complain. I promise you. There's no need, there, there's, no, there's no ifs or buts about it. You don't pray, you will complain. But you pray, you become alert and become aware of what God is saying and doing so that in the midst of complaint, you have a strategy. Amen. You remember when the Bible says some women were complaining about the fact that they were neglected? immediately the apostles had an answer. They said, you know what? Select amongst you men and women of, of renown. However, we are going to give ourselves continually to prayer and to the word because they realized that complaint would distract them from their core value. Every time you complain, say to yourself, I need to pray. Say, in place of complaint, I will pray. That is what corporate gathering does. When you come and gather together with the saints, the other thing is you will learn to pray. You will grow through it. I can't tell you how many times I would hold someone's hand and they are praying, and I'm hearing what they are praying. And what they are praying inspires me. Right. And I get back home again and I'm praying how they are praying, not necessarily taking it verbatim, but I would take a cue from how they are praying. It is what corporate gathering does. And then, number four, there won't be lack. Did you read that? In verse 34, it says, There was no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' field, and it was distributed to everyone who had a need. I know it sounds strange, but why don't you just let's give ourselves to prayer first? And then let every other thing sort itself out. I'm not asking you to be in unity today. No, don't do it. I'm just asking you, why don't you let's start with a baby step? Let's come together and pray. Because if Workfan is going to make a difference in our community, if Workfan will be a change agent in this community, it begins with you. Absolutely. Say with me, it begins with me. Begins with me. I want you to say it like you mean it. Say it begins with me. Begins with me. Because that is normative for the infant church. The reason why they grew, the reason why they had the power that they exhibited was that there was no other thing. That's why God left it in the scriptures for us to read it. They get any little persecution, they pray. I remember one time, Pastor Charles, this, this will make you laugh. So I was with someone, I can't even remember where we were, and I said, there was an issue that came up and I said, let's pray. 
So the person said, no, let's just wait on God to see if we need to pray. So I'm going, <laughs> I mean, for a minute there, I was lost. I was trying to. I said, okay, so we, we wait to pray. Okay. I said, I've never heard anything like that before. I said, please, can you break it down for me? He said, let's pray to God to find out if we need to pray. I said, oh, okay, now. Now I think I understand. I said, so rather than waste time to find out if we need to pray, why don't we just pray? Absolutely. And let God just tell us you didn't need to have prayed in the first place. Yes. All right. I guess the person was trying to just be spiritual. You know, there are some of us that are like that. We like all the scripture, thou shalt. You know, and the spirit of the Lord descended upon them. And they began to pray. And as soon as they began to pray, thus saith the Lord, thou shalt separate unto me. Dosi and Barnabas, there's no... <laughs> for the work which I've called them to, to do it. <sighs> so here's what I'm saying to you all. For these core values that we have now to be effective, or else it would just be a statement. We have to take our place. We have to be connected to the channel. There is a supply of the grace of God to pray. But I'm telling you, you not being in corporate prayer deprives me of something. Because there's enough power within you to come together with me. I want you to do something for me. Because when I heard that I should just stay on this, I decided I'm not going to do a whole lot. I just, I'm going to sit on corporate prayer and just, let's just bring it down to nitty gritty. Can you do something for me? How many of our journal, how many of you have journals that you journal your day? Journal, you have journals, just a few. Can you do me a favor? Can you get a journal? And from today, every corporate prayer you come, I want you to pay attention to what God is saying. I want you to write it down. At the end of the year, I want you to go through which aspects of those prayers has God answered. And if you can say to me, God answered every one of them, then I challenge you next year, don't miss any corporate prayer. Because what you're about to experience is a plane that is about to take off to a place you and I have never been before as long as you and I give what it's going to take. Corporate prayer is at 10 a.m. every day, every Sunday. We are going to have times of prayer again five days in a row. I think sometime the first week of April. Come together. Let us lift up our voice together. Listen, you share your burden, we share our burdens together, it becomes lighter. You can't afford the luxury of just being at home. Take time out. Come be with the brethren. Because prayer is essential to the growth of the believer. 
And if it is essential to our growth, I am begging you, be a part of it. But more importantly, start a prayer time at home. And the more you do that, the more you see the world of difference in your life. So I said, there are four things that they asked for, that they experienced. They experienced the grace of God, the Holy Spirit became involved, there's unity, and there was no lack in their midst. Anytime I come now, I'm gonna talk more on prayer. We're gonna talk about the different aspects of prayer. What do you mean by supplication? What do you mean by the confession of the word? What does that mean to the believer? All of those are essential to us as believers. Because if we're going to have prayer as our core value, we then need to break down prayer completely. But I'm challenging you. Your personal prayer time is not a luxury. The corporate prayer time is not a luxury. That is why you see it in the scripture. When they prayed, so, so, and so happened. Amen? Amen. So this afternoon, we're going to practice it a little bit. We're going to pray. And the prayer we're going to pray is going to be the confession of the word. So would you please stand to your feet with me this afternoon? And another aspect of prayer, gathering together to pray, that I will emphasize, that I've been emphasizing since we began prayer last year, is being a lot in the spirit. Prayer will keep you a lot in the spirit. Things will not come to you by accident. Are you getting what I'm saying? Prayer keeps you a lot. Prayer keeps you a lot. Say with me, prayer keeps me a lot. Amen. Say with me, I choose to pray. I receive the grace to pray. My family is a household of prayer. I join in the corporate prayer. I experience the grace of God because I give myself to prayer. Say, I belong to Christ. Say, I am righteous. I am forgiven. I am loved. I am complete in Christ. I am of one spirit with Christ. I have the life of Christ. I manifest the benefits of the finished work of Christ. The love of the Father is tangible in our home. The Holy Spirit is the guide in our home. Our home is peaceful. We grow in the grace of Christ. Our families grow in the knowledge of Christ. We heed the voice of, of Jesus. We reign by one, Christ Jesus. We are triumphant in Christ. We, are, we trust in Christ's finished work. We overcome because of Christ's finished work. We reign in this life. Our life is hidden in Christ and in God. We dwell in Christ, and Christ dwells in us. 
Therefore, Therefore no, weapon no weapon formed against us prospers. Christ has made an open show of the devil. Therefore, he can't touch us because we belong to him. A thousand may fall at our side. Ten thousand at our right hand. We remain untouchable because of Jesus Christ. Our children are for signs and wonders. Our children walk in excellence. Our children heed the voice of Christ. The word of God is strong influence in our children. We understand spiritual things. We walk in liberty. Liberty from the entrapments of the wicked one. Liberty from sin and its lies. Liberty to enjoy life. Liberty to love. We walk in healing. We have soundness of mind. We possess the mind of Christ. We prosper in all things. Our fellowship is spotless. We experience the power of Christ. Laughter fills our gatherings. Shouts of celebration are heard in our midst. We are, strong, we are a strong family of, in Christ. We are generous. We fulfill our purpose in this life. We desire change in the nations. Therefore, we pray for the nations, including the United States and Gwinnett County. Lift up your voice this afternoon. Just say, God, we release, oh God, your power in this community.